Welcome to Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I am an educator, speaker, mentor, and author. I believe in the importance of helping children reach their potential so they will become well-rounded, intelligent citizens with positive influence and impact in society. Join me to hear from experts who can help give parents access to the best skills, strategies, tools, and resources to help their children be successful and ultimately excel in the world. Hello, everybody. This is Helen Panos, Dynamis Learning Academy. I'm happy to have a guest here with us on Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. And Carl Buck is here with us to talk about college planning and actually a little more than that. I'm going to let him tell us a little bit about what he does. Hello, Carl. How are you doing today? Helen, hi. I'm fine. Thank you for the opportunity. Great. I am so glad you joined us because this is a really, a really hot topic, I think, today, especially with a lot of things changing in our federal government. And ooh, I'm going to ask you an additional question that might come as a surprise at the end about you know, our president talking about colleges these days. He just did a town hall meeting uh, on Tuesday night and talking about community colleges possibly being free or that education being free for certain people. But we'll get to that. So a little bit about yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about your company, the name of it, and your biography, your background? Well, I'm president and owner of Carl Buck college funding solutions here in Sarasota, Florida. And my background, uh, do you have enough time? You have another five hours because I'm- (laughs) Give us a synopsis. (laughs) That's right. Abraham Lincoln was my classmate. We'll just start off there. (laughs) But uh, I I started off my career at a small little community college in Southern Maryland. And that actually got me into college financial aid when it was just in its infancy, just beginning. And I was fortunate to decide to uh, stay working with uh, students and parents and subsequently ended up working at such institutions as Rice University in Houston as their director of financial aid and scholarships, UCLA as well, Mm -hmm. Rutgers University in New Jersey, et cetera. So I was in a higher ed field uh, on campus for about 30 years. And then I actually moved over to the corporate world, wrote my, I love saying this, I wrote my first book. (laughs) Uh, called the College Financial Aid Student Answer Book, and that was published by Peterson's Corporation. Subsequently, I went to work for J.P. Morgan Chase as a VP in student loans, telling people how not to borrow. And then I worked for Discover Student Loans, again, saying, look, the best way to get through higher ed, if you can, is to get free grants, free scholarships, and minimize your debt. So I wanted to be an advocate for families, And then I basically semi-retired and most recently uh, wrote, as we discussed earlier, this incredible hot topic book, Pay for Your Graduate Nursing Education Without Going Broke, Tips from the Pros. Wow. So really all in all, what I do is I uh, consult with students and parents on how to prepare, pay for college, minimize their debt, and show them how colleges regrettably are not as transparent as we would like them to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That's awesome. So your journey is um, exactly, tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, the journey was 
to decide if I wanted to stay in higher ed, if I wanted to go into teaching as a debate coach, because I really uh, done a lot of debating uh, undergrad and grad school. But I decided what I really wanted to do was to find a way to engage myself in the lives of families and make sure that they knew how higher ed worked, because I didn't know going in. I mean, my dad was a World War II vet. Mm -hmm. And so I was the first of my family, first generation kid to go to college. So as I was moving forward and graduating, I was fortunate to have really strong mentors who believed in me and I trusted in them and subsequently decided uh, and I was fortunate to get a job offer in higher education at, again, a little community college, Southern Maryland, US 301, which is now called the College of Southern Maryland. And that's where I cut my teeth, if you will, Helen, on learning how to understand such terminology as federal work study, federal Pell Grants. What was the real inside story? And I wanted to tell the inside story outside of colleges to families so they would better understand how it works. And I wanted to, quite simply, empower them mm -hmm. so that they took ownership of the process because we always know that the colleges want to own them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's be real. The family is giving the school a deposit to go there. The school isn't paying the family a deposit. No. So I said, let's let's reverse this role of of action steps. Let's have the family drive their success and not depend on the institution. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> awesome. So when should parents, do you believe, begin to plan for their child's college education? When's a good, good time? Great question, because it's there are really two paths. And here's what I mean by that. As it relates now to the financial planning, mm -hmm. which is different than the college search and selection, which comes later, from a financial planning and tax purposes perspective, plan as soon as your child is in elementary school. I agree. <laughs> I just had a conversation <laughs> with someone I interviewed for a podcast who would be great for a summit along with yourself, hopefully soon to be, that we we're just talking about that. <laughs> Correct. The 529 plan, right? You got it. 529 plans. And Helen, the, any other tax initiatives that would surface as the years go by, particularly when a family has a child that's in first, second, third grade, they're going to be so much further ahead of the game mm -hmm. rather than waiting for when your child is a junior in high school to start planning. Mm -hmm. And it's too right. late. For <laughs> too late. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I That's don't know true. how much more expensive colleges are going to be by the time your child is from first grade all the way to 12th grade, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's correct. It's going up. <laughs> yeah, they will be, regrettably, they'll be six figures and more. Mm -hmm. A year. Uh, a year. Uh, I remember my sister, who's about 10 years older than me, was, I don't know, paying only like $55 a course or something. <laughs> I won't give her age away or mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just, just to finish the thought, the other pathway is how to understand how colleges work as it relates to appealing for student aid even before you set foot on that campus. For example, with the COVID-19 pandemic, mm -hmm. there are so many opportunities now for families, regardless of income. I'm not talking about those who are coming from just modest backgrounds, because I work currently, Helen, with clients who have historically made a very strong living 
but they've lost their job mm-hmm. through no fault of their own. And they sit back not knowing what are the steps I need to take. The reason being, they thought they never have to take these steps. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I say to them in a very respectful way, look, we have to tell your story and we have to tell it now. Now, I want you to be first in line because the line's getting longer. Mm-hmm. So, again, early financial planning, followed by knowing all of the right steps to take as your child's ready to matriculate, as they're ready to hit that enrollment day. What do you do now? How do you get free scholarships? How do you push back at the school with respect and say, this is too much money you're asking me to borrow? Asking the question, okay, let me get this straight. When my child graduates from your school, on average, how much money do you think he or she will borrow? And in addition to that, Helen, ask the following question. How much will I borrow too as a parent? Mm, That's right. That's what I call the family debt burden. Yeah. No one asked that question. Wow. Are there really good college deals to pay for college and how can you can a parent find those? It takes work and research. Now, the best way is when you go on to a college website, you have to drill down and that first of all, do this. Don't just go to the admissions page. The admissions page, Helen, that's the marketing page. Right. Welcome. Every company. <laughs> Time to market you. Mm-hmm. But what you have to do is go to the web page of the student aid office in addition to the admissions office. And a third location, Helen, is to go to, if you had know your major, let's say you're going to major in journalism or engineering, mm-hmm. go to that department's website as well. So you have three circles, admissions, student aid, and their department. And why do I say their department? Because many departments hold the money. Ah. When I worked at Rice University, I knew as a student aid director where the money was. Mm. At a Rice School of Architecture, College of Engineering, not so much liberal arts, and if you know where the money is and you start asking these questions, then again, as I said earlier in this discussion, you empower yourself. Now you're driving your success and not waiting for the school to knock on your door. For example, when was the last time a CPA picked up the phone and called you and said, by the way, Helen, I want to talk to you about some new tax initiatives. Mm-hmm. doesn't happen too rarely. Similarly, when was the last time a college admissions officer said, I think I'm going to call this family that's applied to us and tell them, here's a secret to our money. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing it, that. <laughs> it doesn't so are there any future pitfalls I should know about or parents should know about and stay away from? Well, yeah, here's, here's how I would define your term pitfalls by me, because that's, that's a large term we're using here. Pitfalls would be understanding, first of all, the institution that you're taking a look at attending, how long does it take to graduate on average? Four years, six mm-hmm. years. Across the United States, it's about six years on average. Wow, different to get, when I was in school. Correct. <laughs> get your first undergraduate degree. Mm. That's important. Number two is, let's say the school in year one offers you a very strong merit scholarship based upon scholastic ability. Mm-hmm. 
not financial need. Here's the question to ask from a pitfall perspective. That merit scholarship in year one, will it grow every year with tuition increases, room and board increases, or is it fixed for one year? That's important. And in addition, what are the secrets to my keeping that merit scholarship? What's my grade point average have to be? Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, Helen, how many credits a semester do I have to complete? Right. That's true. A lot of students will oh, they'll carry maybe 12 or 15 credits and halfway through the semester go, uh-oh, I'm ruining my grade point average. I think I'm going to drop down to nine credits so I get all A's and B's. Mm-hmm. And when they drop down to nine credits, they go from a full-time merit scholarship to three-quarter time and they lose money. That's, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. And a lot of kids are probably doing that. So they need to be aware of everything before they go into it, for sure. Correct. And today, with the stress levels that these students have, some going back to class, some not, some going virtual. Literally, I have friends I was just talking to the other evening whose daughter was going to school up in the uh, Northeast. Mm-hmm. Had been there for two weeks in the fall. Was told to go back home. Because of COVID nineteen, right, right. You don't I think that's you too? <laughs> that's stress, right? That's stress. Mm, yeah, sure is. Anything related to COVID is stress. <laughs> Pretty much everything indirectly involved: education, healthcare, <laughs> everything. Your jobs, your employment. So, is it worth the time and effort to appeal a college financial aid offer? Would you say it's always worth the effort to appeal? Uh, it's interesting. When I worked for Discover, we would do a lot of webinars for the employees mm-hmm. as a human resource benefit to the staff. So I would take calls uh, from full-time staff. And one woman asked me, she said, uh, well, Carl, my, my child's going to a Northeastern school. My husband's lost his job, but I don't want to appeal for more money because I'm afraid it's going to impact her getting admitted. Mm-hmm. So the mom thought, if we appeal for additional funding because her husband's lost his job, mm. my daughters will not be looked upon as being admissible. And I said, that's not the case. Huh. Normally admissibility in general, in general now, is based upon grade point average, SATs, ACT tests, etc. Okay. Now I said, look, I knew exactly where the child was going to go to school said, you have to step forward and you have to show that you're interested in the school, but are they interested in you? So don't, if you're even concerned about appealing for aid, maybe this isn't the school for you. Mm-hmm. Because you're taking your child and saying, you're going away for at least four years. And we want to know that this school has got your back. Mm-hmm. And if you do appeal, that's how you're going to know if the school has your back and they try to work with you and help you out. Mm-hmm. I, worked on, I worked on appeals all the time with my current clients. I have a client right now going to a school in Kansas. I will name the institution. This is a student who lives in Atlanta, mm-hmm. where you are. Okay. And this particular student, the cost of this institution, private school on average, is going to be about $68,000 a year. Wow. Okay. If this student stayed in Atlanta, went to UGA, they might pay minimal amount of money compared to 68000 Well, plus so, they could get the Georgia, uh, the Hope Scholarship. Hope Scholarship. 
That's correct. So the school in Kansas, what do they do? They offer the student a merit scholarship of $25,000. Not bad, right? Mm. But Helen, the school school costs 68,000. Right. The mother has lost her job. Oh no. Now it's time to appeal. Right. And I just helped them write the appeal. Yay, good. That's awesome. It is worth the time. How long does it take for an appeal uh, response to come back, typically? It it depends upon the time of the year. For example, because of COVID-19, and I I do research every day, on average, colleges across the country have seen a 60%, 60% increase in appeals from what it was two years ago. Mm, Wow. And And their staff hasn't increased. They're not getting more staff. So it's taking them longer to go through the appeals and it's taking longer for the appeals to be granted. And then believe it or not, families can appeal the first appeal because there's what I call Helen truth and proof. Mm -hmm. Someone's lost their job. Be prepared to say to the institution, here's my paperwork. Here's my W2. I was a 10 to nine employee. I was a gig worker. I don't, I can't do that anymore. I'm Mm -hmm. at home. Right. So I would say on average, maybe two weeks to a month for the appeal to be reviewed and decided on. Mm. Okay. So let's go to the last question, which I'm kind of throwing in (laughs) is, you know, just recently President Biden is, well, they've all been talking about this during the campaign um, when they were all, you know, going for president of the United States. So of course, college education has come up in the, the high cost to that. And there was talk even then that he would support, you know, I guess, removing students, certain students maybe from having to pay for their education. And I, I just heard him on the town hall meeting just a couple days ago where he's talking about um, community colleges, I believe, to Correct. waive uh, kids that are going to community college, waive their tuition. I mean, what do you think about that? Is that a good idea? How does your role play into that? If you want to answer it. <laughs> well, I appreciate you putting me into a, a political nightmare. Thank you so much. <laughs> this will be my, my last podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm all for free community college. Here's my concern. I suspect what will probably happen is it'll be tax based. Mm-hmm. There may be some way in Georgia or Texas or where I live in Florida for there to be some kind of a surcharge tax that might pay for that community college. Mm-hmm. I also suspect, Helen, that it probably will be need-based to have some component of need-based. Right. Uh, if, if a, Let's say that a child whose parents are making half a million dollars a year. Right. And that child decides to go in town to a community college, I suspect a lot of listeners today may say, that seems a little bit over the top. They were supporting this person. So I think it should be, in my opinion, need-based. So there could be some component of free, but free in quotes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep, oh, I agree. Otherwise then you're probably, there's gonna have to be some caps of salary per year. And I think, I think he said that as well, possibly. Well, if, if, too, if it's free, then why not require that the student 
has to maintain a certain minimum grade point average. That too, right, exactly. Just like the Hope Scholarship in Georgia. Uh, yes. You have to maintain a certain uh, grade point average or you lose it. Or if you drop out, don't take a class here or decide you want to take a gap, year gap, quarter gap semester, you've probably lost it. I'm not sure what the rules are of the Georgia, um, the Hope Scholarship here, but um, I'm sure there's some strict rules there. I agree. And I think things will get probably more stringent as the years go by because it's going to take a while for people to have, again, gainful employment. All throughout the country. I think it's going to take time. It won't be just a year from now. Right. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, um, how can um, people reach you? And, you know, what's your, uh, you know, is there a way for them to, like, just get sure. on a call with you? or They can contact me at uh, carlhbuck at gmail.com. And should I give out my phone number? It's up if to you. If you'd like to, if you have, like, an office number. Yeah, I'll give, give you uh, – my office number is area code 941-312-5444. Okay, cool. And if, and if the client and I like it, they can come down here to Sarasota and we'll just work together. On the beach. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So uh, parents, you can contact uh, Carl and get a, an initial uh, 30 minutes uh, free consultation and co Correct. contact him again at Carl H. Buck at gmail.com. And I've actually added a couple fun questions. Um, what is your favorite quote? I've been asking that of all my guests in season two or affirmation. Yeah, it is uh, that life is meant to be enjoyed and not endured. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the hard part of life, the enduring part of life, it always knocks on our door. Right. Re regardless. So go out and enjoy life. I, I agree with that. And then I also added, what are two things that you are most thankful for that you want to share with our audience right now? Well, now that I've uh, in, in, in semi-retirement, not part of a corporation and working daily with clients, I, I feel so honored by their trust in me. I mean, it's a big deal for me. And a lot of times I'm talking to their, to their kids one-on-one. -on -one. I'm literally talking to a, a young woman right now who's going to wants to go to NYU School of Nursing. And we just yeah, spoke NYU. yesterday. That's yeah. my husband's uh, college master's. And I'm working on her college essay, on a resume. So I like that trust. And I also like, perhaps it sounds too self-serving, but I like the fact of advancing these families' lives and seeing them progress and moving forward. And at least I had some, some role in it. Mm -hmm. So tell the audience one more time exactly what you can kind of, what role you play. So they understand, because I know there's different terminologies, college planner, college financial aid, college. Correct. Well, for me, it's college financial aid solutions. That's it in a nutshell. Letting the family know uh, about the lack of transparency, regrettably, that some colleges have, understanding the underpinnings of higher education and minimizing your debt mm -hmm. and driving their own success and not letting the school drive them. I agree. Bravo. That's very good. Well, thank you, Carl, for joining Excellent. me on my uh, podcast today. And uh, everybody have a great rest of your day and week. And join me again on this Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. Take care. Bye -bye Thanks, for now. Bye -bye. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for listening to Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. 
Whenever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to dynamuslearningacademy.com slash podcast. You may also contact me if you need tutoring assistance for your child. I may be reached at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.